Ever since you can remember, you felt something in your chest telling you to move, to love, to speak, to try. Day after day, you pretend you don't hear it calling, or maybe you dismiss it as silliness or worse. But it's there, ready for you, and it will wait for you as long as you need. My name is Johnny G, and I invite you to join me on a journey of awakening as we dare to embrace our light. This is Refractive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Refractive Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny G. With over 20 years experience as a business strategist, coach, and energetics expert, Eugenia Oganova has found extraordinary success in the personal transformation and business niche. She's a best-selling author of three books, and in addition to business and marketing strategies, she leverages her intuitive gifts to support her clients. Today, she joins us on Refractive to share some of her wisdom and experience on managing energy to live a more satisfying life. Welcome, Eugenia. I'm so happy to have you with us. Oh, thank you, Johnny. I'm so glad to be here. This is such um, I, I this is such an important episode because I found, and I don't know about you, but in my spiritual journey, um, learning to handle my energy was a really important step for me to feel that. Uh, let's see, I wasn't crazy, that there was some validity to this kind of spiritual awakening experience I had. It also impacted how I interacted with others and how others received me. And so um, it was a very nourishing first step to realize this. And uh, I did a recent episode on Reiki. um, And I know that this is a really nice continuation on instead of the hygiene side of our energetics, how to actually apply our energy in a constructive and healthy way. And I wonder what was that like for you on your spiritual journey? How did you come to understand your abilities and the potential for working with your own energy? Well, I was born clairvoyant, which means that my journey sort of was this way from the beginning. It didn't happen to me somewhere midlife when I realized there's something else going on. It was kind of just normal for me. If something Mm -hmm. I had to realize it was not normal for everybody around me. (laughs) That was very unusual. I remember I was um, three years old, I think, and I was talking with my father and I was trying to tell him about one of the energy guides that I work with and that being was next to me. And I was explaining this to my father and he was not getting what I was saying. And we just went back and forth, back and forth. And finally I realized, okay, he sees the door frame I'm standing in and me, but not my friend. So that finally clued in somewhere around three that people only see things they can bump into and things that they kind of like out there that totally normal to me. (laughs) Apparently we're not for most people. So then that was part of my understanding that there's something different about me and that I have insight into people's energies and the flow in their lives and their past lives and their future and possibilities and timelines. And that naturally kind of led into a very unusual relationship with a lot of people because they would see me differently because I had that um, ability. And as far as managing that, Uh, Well, part of the managing back then was just hiding it, (laughs) you know, because that was uh, 
not something that made my life easy. But over the years, like I started seeing clients when I was 14 years old, because that's where, you know, it just couldn't be hidden anymore. And people were coming to me anyway, and it just became a full practice. So I started seeing clients and working since then. I still am doing this. It just evolved into different areas. And now I'm a business coach. But originally, it started more from the standpoint of helping people understand what they're here for and what is in the way of what they meant to be doing and why certain things are happening. Most common questions were always like, why? Why do I feel upset? Or why is this bothering me so much? And one thing I can say is that um, there are such things that I call them periods of darkness. Anytime we go to the up level of some sort, may that be in your business, may that be in your understanding of reality, may that be in your relationship, or just you bump into a karmic thing that needs to be dealt with to go to the next level of you. Anytime we do that, there are some things we cannot take with us when we go to that next level. And those things that don't fit, they all come up and they could be confronting and they could be difficult. And that's what I call periods of darkness. So those things are actually kind of normal on a spiritual journey. And I think we all have them. And the key is to, first of all, recognize that that's normal. (laughs) And second, know how to handle that without going down with the wave as if the world is ending. Yeah, that's important. So you don't sabotage your business. (laughs) So let me ask you, I mean, just because it's such an extraordinary experience you had, um, it had to be confusing for you as a young person to come to terms with realizing, okay, I, I, maybe I can't share my experiences as authentically with this person. Maybe I can be fully authentic about what's happening to me with this person. I mean, what, I, I'm just so curious as to how that impacted your own maybe social development and your experience of friendships and, and close relationships. Didn't have any of those. Um, and it was not confusing. It was painful. Um, yeah, okay. Because I was heavily bullied and I was not accepted. I was seen as some sort of a witch or a weird person or somebody yeah. who might know something about them that's a secret and then that means I'm an enemy. So growing up was never fun. But Mm. then the same people who were um, actively unhappy with me in the public eye were then coming to me secretly behind the scenes, asking me questions and paying me money. So that very quickly became this kind of a twisted reality of like, okay, on the front, I'm the bad guy, but on the back, I'm sort of the one that's sought after for the truth. And I think at the time I was 14, I finally just turned it around and I said, okay, I'm done with this. I'm just, I'm going to be that and you're just going to have to deal with it. So a lot of it was um, me choosing to not have friends (laughs) as a way to make myself visible instead of trying to pretend I'm normal and then, you know, have friends that were sort of fake. (laughs) So that's, that was the adjustment. And I lived in an area that was dangerous a lot of times. So there was a lot of just kind of survival. So having this ability actually, I believe helped um, a lot of people around me with the things I shared to make sense of their reality. And 
as far as my social, I always joke with my husband that I'm not socially normal, like that most people are socially normal. I'm not neurotypical, so my brain is wired differently. So on top of that, I'm like very much socially not normal sure. with my ability added to it, which actually um, is sort of part of, I think, the mission that I'm here on. Yes. And that's one of the things I always tell people is that whatever you think is the negative or the weakness, it's actually not. It's yes. something that there is a reason why you build yourself this lifetime this way. Because when we come into a lifetime, there's only so much we can take. We cannot yes. take everything. Like you only have suitcases that you can pack certain amount of things in. So <laughs> like for me, social normal did not make it. <laughs> but because of it, I put the ability in that is awesome. So yeah. for somebody else, they might have some other things that didn't make it. But it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It's actually more like a clue to, okay, what does it mean? Why did you design yourself in a way where this specific thing is a difficulty for you? Yes. Like what else made it that kind of like not compensates, but like that adds value that actually is where the gift is. Right. Exactly. I think, boy, I think that's super valid. I was talking with someone about how it seems in the past 40 years, there's been, a, there seems to be a significant increase in let's say uh, children being born on the spectrum, right? And I, to me, it feels super clear that the reason for this is that these individuals are better equipped to let go of the societal cords that hold you to a bunch of BS, right? Yeah. To have to follow rules and systems that don't serve your highest, your highest good. Um, but we do it because we're conditioned to it. So you have these people who were born with less, um, less sensitivity to being trapped by those, by that programming. And what a wonderful role to play to help an entire society kind of let go of outdated programming that holds us down. And I think it's a really beautiful point you make about how neurodivergence um, can really play an important role in how we um, grow as, as a exactly. society. Exactly. Yeah. And I always kind of think of it like I was born tribally uncorruptible. <laughs> like the, the social tribal consciousness literally has no effect on how I function. Because of it, I see truth. And that creates kind of like a shortcut. Now, not to say that somebody who's in a kind of a typical social way doesn't see truth, of course, but it's harder because there's all these morphogenic fields and templates and everything to go through to kind of like unearth it within yourself versus for me, it's almost instant because a lot of those things don't have influence on me. Um, and that actually allows to have um, true connections, I think, that are more on a soul level. Yes. Yes. Authentic, right? Mm -hmm. Less right. BS, less layers of, of residue to scrape off, you know? Yeah. And so many people are so much more committed to their BS than to their soul mission that this is really needed right now, I think, yeah. because yeah. we don't realize a lot of times that all the things we think are just like, well, but that's my life. And this is why I can't something that's actually an excuse, but that excuse is a commitment. It's just commitment in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a commitment to stay stuck. Yeah. And that's, I see that a lot in business when, especially women, when they say like, but I want to be on the next level, but I want to, why is this not working? And we start looking at what were the layers there of commitment to BS. Yes. 
Yes. And it's like, oh, but I'm committed to not showing up. I'm committed to stay, staying safe by not being visible. I'm committed to not really saying my truths, but saying socially appropriate thing and yes. so on. And it's like, well, when all of that gets cleaned up, that's where the true brilliance of individual can show up. And yes. in marketing, which is part of what I do, this is actually how I teach marketing, not in a traditional sense of like, you know, logos and slogans and that kind of thing, but in if the best easiest marketing is when you're just being you yes. <laughs> when you don't have to think about what you're saying when you don't have some weird sequences sequences or remembered slogans in your head but instead you're just being you but because you're so aligned with who you are your message just comes through as a you're just talking you're just that's just normal you yes. know so people always joke like if they start working with me and then they like on the inside of my paid containers and they're like, oh my God, Eugenia, you're the same way as you were like on three videos or some presentation I seen you. And it's like, yeah, that's because this is literally how I am. And this is the easiest way to market. But if we're not talking from the business standpoint, but just in person's life, it's the easiest way to live. Yes, yes, that's right. And, you know, I, I can imagine that as I, I was going through your intro, some people might have heard that you use your intuitive gifts to help clients with their business strategy and marketing. And some people may have found that to be, um, I don't know, difficult to put two and two together. But like, let's take it from a super practical level, right? So we don't even need to talk about necessarily like clairvoyance and that we don't even have to go into that level just from what you said it's the idea of shining your authentic light shining your purest energy that unlocks your power in everything it unlocks your power in business it unlocks your power in relationships it unlocks your power to grow and so it makes real sense to manage your energy right? Whatever you want to interpret that to mean, because we could be, you know, there's a, there's a big continuum of what it means to manage your energy, but anywhere you fall on that continuum, it's about empowerment, you know, stepping into your birthright of, of glory and magnificence. How yeah, do you, yeah. Tell me about how this is Go ahead. Kind of like brings up a whole thing here as you're talking. I'm just thinking like, ooh, this makes sense. And this connects to that. See, the way that I see reality is that it's kind of like a triangle. Like we have the oneness energy, which is the God source, the universe, whatever you want to call that, the bigness of it all, the whole. Yeah. And then we have the sort of more masculine, like the action part. And then we have sort of the feminine, the receiving part. Yeah. So that is what I bring into how I work in a really practical sense. So we can say, so the, the large part, that would be quantum possibilities. The action part would be literally soul aligned action and boundaries, because most people actually struggle there. And that's part of the incorrect action, um, overdoing, <laughs> overgiving. And the other side would be um, expanding their wealth container so they can receive and mm, actually feel fulfilled. So yes. if we weave all of that together, that's what it would translate into in a more practical sense. Like, let's say if you're um, working on something and you're just looking for like, what's the next step? What should I do? Then you're ignoring the other two components, which means it's going to be lopsided, which means your energy is not going to be managed well. 
Or if you just go into, I'm just going to sit here, meditate, envision, and somehow it will all happen and I don't have to do anything. That's also <laughs> ignoring the other two sides because yeah. that's too extreme in another direction. Or the third version is where people just kind of go into this daydreaming of possibilities, but then there is no action and there's no receiving of it either because they too disconnected from it. So mm-hmm. all three components need to be balanced. So when I work in a business sense with somebody, we don't just figure out, okay, what should we do? We figure out kind of like, how are you made in this lifetime? What is your soul design? And then from there, what are the timelines and possibilities available to you now? Kind of like, what are we working towards? Not what's the next step, but what's like hundredth step? Because if we don't know where we're going to go, how are we ever going to get there? So we look at the bigger picture. And most people actually have a lot of issues in dreaming, I call it daring, like you have to dare to dream big. And most people kind of like, they know what they don't want, but they get scared to really look at what they do want. Because after a while, it's like, well, but once my mortgage is paid and once, you know, my kids are happy and once I did this and then I get this many clients and this and that, and then I don't know. (laughs) And it's like, nah, we got to go bigger here. Otherwise you can't go anywhere with that. Because then you're just fixing what you think is broken instead of actually managing your energy in a way that's going to propel you forward, not just linearly, but also non-linearly. Linear propeller, that's like your action, right? That's the steps Mm -hmm. you take. Non-linear, that's this whole, you know, quantum creation. When you dream things up, when you hold the intention, when you use your intuition and so on. So when we don't have the vision that's big enough, we can't use the non-linear part. We get stuck with linear only and kind of like a microscope instead of a telescope. So we get stuck in these teeny little things. You know, it's like sometimes people say, oh, I just need to fix my website or I just need to do this, this webinar, right? And it's just like, okay, why are you even doing the website or webinar? What's the bigger vision here? So once you see the bigger perspective, that allows you to manage your energy in the movement, relax and receive movement, relax and receive. But now you know that the universe is actually helping you to get there because you told the universe where you want to go. That's right. Exactly. You know, um, there's a quote that I reference uh, pretty often. I, I just think it's so inspirational for me. It's from The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. And he says that when you follow your personal legend, uh, meaning when you follow your true mission, right? Um, or your true purpose. When you follow your personal legend, the whole universe conspires in your favor. And I feel that I feel that that's just such a, a brilliant look into how the universe works, how energetics work. It's, 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 if you're willing to just unlock the door, like everything else will be taken care of, but you've got to go get the key. You've got to get up. You've got to want to unlock the door. You have to be brave enough to, uh, you know, to face the implications of that. And once you do like things start swirling, it's so much bigger than this tiny earth life. I wonder from your experience, what does it look like when people are able to manage their energy for lack of a better, for lack of a better term, manage their energy to set up a life that is uh, more in flow? Well, in the thing you just said, there was one piece missing. You said to go get the key, to find the door, to open the door. I would say, and also to clean up the clutter that's in the way to the door. <laughs> because most that's people right. have plenty. That's right. 
So us to answer of this question, what does it look like? Well, first it looks like looking at all the crap. Okay, so <laughs> that's through big. a lot that's of things big. that are in the way. And yeah. doing that internal work is very much needed. Tell I me also about think that. that yeah, a lot of people do this work incorrectly from my perspective. By incorrectly, I mean it they hurting themselves. Um going through some things that are in a way does not mean you have to go and feel it all over again. Does not mean you have to dive in in the agony of whatever happened before and process it through everything. It does not mean you have to relive it. It does not mean you have to dive in and open up and analyze and amplify none of that. Really, the only thing is, is that you need to figure out what was the lesson, because if you don't know what the lesson is, it will repeat itself. So you need to understand why did it happen, not from the standpoint of who else did what, whoever's motivations were, but what did it teach you or try to teach you so that you can try to extract that lesson. And then once that lesson is sort of understood, and that's part of what I help my clients do too, but um, a lot of people can just do that by tuning in and facing it and being honest with themselves. Then you have to let it go through the body. That might mean like a five minutes of crying, but five minutes, not let's go to therapy for five years to process this thing and analyze it from every single angle. So that just creates a shortcut by extracting the lessons and processing the energy through the body and you're done instead of going over and over. Sometimes it takes a few times to do it, but unless somebody is in a very active trauma, that's different than obviously support is needed at a different scale. But if it's not an active trauma, but more like you realize like, oh, I have this issue because I've been conditioned this way or I've been imprinted by my family to act this way and now it's blocking me from doing this thing I want, you don't need to dive into all the pain of whatever happened with your family, let's say, or go physically and literally talk to your family to work it out. What you do need, though, is to take out the wisdom, the lesson of the event. So that would be the step one. And once that's done, then, of course, self-acceptance, self-love, you know, gaining your personal authority through that so that you become sovereign and you shed the layers of proving something or doing it for somebody else's reasons or doing it because you think this will make you something, you know, like anytime people say, when I get this, then I will be something or feel something, or then I'll finally be safe or, you know, popular or enough or whatever. Those things, that's a clue that there's not enough sovereignty. And without sovereignty, we cannot create non-linearly because you need to have the sovereign anchor point within the quantum field to actually do so. Can I, uh, so can I ask you then, I, I, if you arrive at a point where you're, it's evident that you have, let's say, not taken hold of your sovereignty, right? Um, you discover this, then in your experience, you step back and you go back to do more of that work that you referenced in step one. Um, there are two things that one can do, and I usually teach both. Um, they go from the current moment to the future and to the past. I find that it works better in unison instead of just going back to the past. So going to the future would look like if we assume that we're loved, we're taken care of, we're good, we're safe, like whatever is the issue are that's in the way, and we could just make up a different movie where we have whatever it is experience we want. And it's emotional, it's not a mental thinking, but kind of like feelingly. So what would that feel like? So that's the future note. And then the same thing going back into, okay, where in my past do I 
feel this? Like if I scan my life back, what were the experiences that activated this uncomfortable feeling for me? And usually when we do this, because I do energetics as well as just business coaching. So there's a lot of kind of like people start seeing like, oh my God, I remember in high school, this happened. Oh, I remember my mother said that. She always used to say like, it's little things that we kind of don't think about because they're not big events of drama and drama, but they're little things. So you start to go back unraveling, like what were the imprints that I took as truth? So all of that must be done with the conscious awareness of I'm observing it. So like, oh, here I took this as truth. Is it actually true? So the key is to separate something that we assume is true and move it to the category of just an opinion. Mm -hmm. So now, oh, this was my mother's opinion. This was my, I don't know, students, co-students, co-workers, whatever, opinion. And I chose to take that on. But now that it's an opinion, not the truth, I don't have to take it on. So that kind of like separates you from the imprinting. And then at the same time, if you're actually holding the future point, as in this is what I want it to feel like, that's what then begins, like what you said, the universe conspires to help you because that's when you start to have dreams or experiences. And quite often within a few days, if not a, you know maybe a week, you actually feel more sovereign, but you didn't dive into any drama and trauma, but you pulled out the pieces and you shed the layers. And okay. that then allows you to create. Okay, that's beautiful. It sounds a lot to me like um, what happens in EMDR therapy. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but the whole idea of, let's say, let's process this memory uh, that has been misfiled or, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and let's put it in the right file so that the brain doesn't accidentally uh, apply it to inappropriate situations. Exactly. Exactly. We all meant to have a library of, you know, different opinions and whatever. And sometimes it's very beneficial to even have library of opposite than your opinions, because that might make you a better writer or better whatever, because now you know what misconceptions out there are that you want to bust, let's say, through your writing. But it's very important that those things don't become your reality (laughs) if they're not yours. Yeah. Okay. So your first step was to kind of clean up, clean up, let's say the wreckage, right? Mm -hmm. The junk there that junk is maybe not the right word. Clean up the, 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 the the unnecessary baggage, the outdated beliefs, the things Mm -hmm. that hold us back. Then step two, tell me again, what was, what was the key of step two? Yeah, the step two is self-love and um, gaining that self-acceptance. That's the beginning of starting your own authority. You know, then you move into sovereignty, which is what we were just talking about. And after that goes the mastery of actually creating. So that mastery looks like being able to utilize these pieces that I was saying before, the oneness, the wholeness of the universe, which means yeah. you have to be connected to it, and the proper action, which is soul aligned. So you're not just running around like an energizer bunny frantically doing whatever, <laughs> but you're doing the specific things that are soul aligned and only them, which usually like two, three instead of 20. And that you are in a state of receiving because a lot of times we do a lot and we kind of put our energy forward but we forget that we actually have to receive what's coming so if somebody is bent on i have to make it my way like i have to do it a lot of times it mistranslates that doing it your way means you are the only one doing it when actually doing it your way can mean 
in a cooperation with the universe or with other people that come in and be helpful to support you, to introduce you to somebody and so on, like little things that we can't control. But if we're able to receive that, and some people are like really good at being able to receive just amazing magical opportunities come to them all the time. That's because they don't have a block on receiving it. They don't yeah. think that that somehow means that they're not doing it. It's just part of how they see doing it. Mm -hmm. So opening that up and the wealth container as well, if we're talking about money as a component, you know, to be able to receive money, if somebody's wealth component container is like a little Chinese teacup, then they can work really hard and do all the magical things and still not gonna be able to actually pull in wealth of the level that they're dreaming of. So wealth container must be expand, which links to self-worth. Yeah, this is, um, I have a, a, a guest from an earlier episode named Mahima and she is fabulous. And she said on my podcast, and I say it all the time as a little mantra, she said, I love money and money loves me. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, it's such a beautiful, powerful statement. It's not about snatching dollar bills. It's not about that. It's about saying, I'm not scared of the implications of money. My, my, I'm spiritually healthy enough that money can flow in and flow out. And I don't need to attach to it for security. I can enjoy it the same way I might enjoy passing a beautiful garden on the sidewalk. It's there, it's rich, it's here to savor, it's here to enjoy, and I'll walk a few more steps and it's not there anymore, but another garden will come. It's, it's this beautiful perspective that money isn't my security, money is an energy, just like anything else. And can I simply surf the wave? you know, and accept the highs and the lows of it, you know? Absolutely. And the way that I teach everything is from the standpoint of identity first, because pretty much everything we broadcast out there in your messaging or marketing or whatever in the business or in the relationships, if you're looking to attract, let's say somebody or opportunities, anytime you do anything like you, even if you're just sleeping, you're still broadcasting energy out in the world. So yeah. the part of you that is the broadcasting station is the identity or who you are. Mm -hmm. So if we link that to um, wealth, I always kind of go from, I am wealthy. So this is what I teach my clients is that it's not how am I going to get wealthy? So I like it. I want it. I need it. I, you know, I have this many clients or something like that. Instead, what if we take all this have done whatever out and it just I am. So if I am wealthy just now, right now, then what is wealth? So once we open up the concept that wealth is actually well-being, it's access to everything, it's health, it's connectedness, it's internal experience of self-love and self-acceptance unconditionally, it's feeling um, like you are in the right place in the right time doing the right thing and being connected and all of those things, then money is just part of that. Yeah. So if I am wealthy, then I am wealthy now. So that means it creates an anchor in the future for whatever on the material plane now needs to rearrange itself to make sure that your true, your statement is true that yes, you are wealthy now. Yeah. So how do you prepare that, um, let's say that receptacle, how do you prepare yourself to receive uh, the, you know, as you referenced earlier? Well, I would say that we're naturally all mm, like, we kind of like, it's a, 
uh, factory setting on a baby <laughs> to just be open and receive. So when we have issues with opening and receiving, it's not because we need to learn how. It's because we need to unlearn our blocks to yes. it. Yes. So it's never really, how do I learn to receive? It's more like, what's in a way? Why am I not allowing it? That's why I use the word allow. It's not really to do anything. It's more like get out of your own way. So it yes. just happens. So when you allow something, you have to be internally in alignment with your relationship with in some way, conceptually with the divine, with the bigger picture. And if let's say a person has an issue of like safety about that, like opening up or whatever else is in the way, all those things then become blocks to receiving. So I would say that it's not really how do I learn to receive better or how do I expand my wealth container? It's more like I expand my wealth container or wealth capacity by clearing layers that sabotage my ability to receive that is actually natural to me. Yes. Okay. So it's that self-exploration. It's that yeah. it's doing that inner work. It's journaling. It's speaking with trusted, uh, you know, with trusted individuals, whether coaches or family um, or even, you know, religious leaders or, or, or spiritual coaches um, to just process that. Yes. Well, and the inner work can be done in many different ways. And in my understanding, inner work is, first of all, it has to be inner. Not mm -hmm. like you're going to go to somebody who's going to tell you about you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's sort of like the same mistranslated concept as going to the doctor and the doctor is going to know better than you. Doctor right. is more educated than you maybe in medicine, but not going to necessarily know better than you because you've been longer living in your body. So same thing with personal processing. It's first and foremost internal. So it's about, do you have a relationship with yourself? Like, are you actually aware of what you're thinking and what you're feeling? If you're at the, such a beginning stage that you're not, then you need to start actually paying attention. Okay. If you're already past that stage and you're a spiritually mature person who's been on the journey for years, well, then it becomes more like deepening techniques and maybe having a guide and so on. But at the beginning stages, it's just you have to start noticing. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? You know, if somebody just says, well, I don't know, I feel bad. It's like bad how? Are you sad? Are you angry? Are you frustrated? Are you jealous? Are you unhappy? Are you in pain? They go like, oh, wow, I didn't think about that. I just thought it, I feel bad. So learning to differentiate mm, variations of your own experience, you know, the same thing with I feel good. I feel happy. Okay, what does that mean for you? Because your happy will probably be different than my happy and somebody else's happy. So building this internal vocabulary, internal map of yourself is the key. Because without that, you literally can't go anywhere. And it's funny, I was saying that we're not going to talk about my books, but my first book, Mission Alpha, is actually literally about that. So if somebody wants to learn energy anatomy and understand why stuff happens in their body and like how to start differentiating this thing, like the sort of foundational level of self-discovery, yeah. my book is literally all of that. <laughs> Mission Alpha, that's the title? Mission Alpha, The Wise and Passionate You. You can get it on Amazon. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's, um, I had a school for like 10 years, I was teaching this stuff. So the curriculum, like everything that we were teaching is in that book, kind of like, this is the manual for human energy anatomy for all the different levels of the energy field for all the psychological pieces that happens, like, it pretty much describes everything that you would need to know foundationally to become a conscious human being. Yeah, okay, that's great. So, you know, I think that this, the reason well, I mean, there are a lot of reasons why, but uh, one of the reasons that I really love 
the topics that we're talking about today is that the idea of energy, um, it's so broad and all encompassing that it can gently meet a listener wherever the listener is in their in their readiness to 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 learn. So, you know, everything is energy, right? We learn even in high school that uh, my cell phone is not a solid mass, that it is simply a gravitational field caused by subatomic particles. And that uh, even if it feels solid, it's not. And it's just a bunch of vibrations. Everything is vibration. Everything is energy. All of my emotions are energy. All of my thoughts are energy. You know, all of my resentments and fears and all of that is just energy. So the idea of seeking to play a more intentional role in your own life by managing your energy seems like a wonderfully smart thing to do, whether you want to look at it from a metaphysical, physical side, or whether you want to look at it from physics, it doesn't matter. It's all a great place to start. And it makes sense. If we're talking about running our business, if we're talking about stepping into a, 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 an abundant flow and stepping into a future that feels fulfilling, um, start by cleaning up the building blocks of that life. And the building blocks are the energy. You know, Caroline uh, Mace, are you familiar with Caroline Mace? She has this, uh, she gave a talk one time and she said, you know, if we had any idea the power of the thoughts we put out, we might be scared to leave the house right? Because we might be scared of how we affect other people. If I have an angry thought towards someone, if we truly understood the the potential of that, um, we would be so much more careful with our energy uh, because it does lay the foundation for allowing, um, I don't know, for getting out of your own way is like what I said. I would say it's not quite as direct. I mean, you're speaking to somebody who used to bump into walls all the time because I (laughs) didn't realize they were solid um, because in my perception, nothing is, and there's no empty space and everything is always color and moving energy. But this concept that like when you have an angry thought or a sad thought or whatever, and it, you can throw it out and somebody can get hurt, that's actually not quite true because in reality, we would have to receive that and choose to get hurt by it. Um, so you kind of like in a high sense, we can say you can never hurt anybody with anything. The only person you can hurt is you because yeah. you are the one who's broadcasting. And if all of this is not real, it's all a simulation or an energetic blueprint or a hologram we're living in, then from that standpoint, whatever it is you're broadcasting out is being reflected to you. Yeah. Universe does not test us. It just reflects us. So whichever way you are being, you're being reflected. So if you're thinking I'm being, you know, good person or I'm being hard worker or I'm proving this, but internally you feel insecure or you feel like somebody can, you know, come and steal something from you or whatever, that would be reflected to you, even though maybe that was not a conscious component of your broadcast. So it's, that's where the self mastery piece comes in. It's very important to be able to live consciously as in understand. And, you know, in a kind of a basic sense, like, okay, if something comes to me in my life that I don't like, it does not mean somebody else did it. It means I did it. 
Now, not a bad thing, not like it's my fault, but I somehow had that reflected to me because somewhere in me, this exists. So now let's look at where in me does this exist? Do I believe that somebody can, I don't know, yell at me or disrespect me? Hmm, Apparently I do. So let's look at what that means for me and clean that up. Because once you do, then nobody, let's say, would ever yell at you or disrespect you again. Or if they do, you would not notice because it would not have a plug-in to enter your system. So that's to the... What you said, like, you know, if somebody has an angry thought or jealous thought, it does not necessarily mean you're actually hurting somebody. Really, you're hurting yourself by having a thought that's out of alignment. But the other person, if they happen to have the similar issue, now they have a plug-in for this type of energy. And we don't live in a vacuum. We're all interconnected like a very complicated multidimensional puzzle. So it's like a magnet, whatever you put out, if there's somebody who needs to attract that, they will be attracting it. But it's not necessarily because you try to give it to them. It's because they happen to have a plug-in and vice versa. Somebody out there in the universe, like how often does that happen when on the internet, somebody says something and you might be scrolling through your, you know, Facebook page and suddenly you saw that and you got offended or you got Mm. angry or whatever. They don't know you. They're not throwing anything at you. They just brought casting something which might or might not be in alignment but if you had a plug-in to that like some issue that's unresolved now it sticks to you so then you're experiencing it this is actually how we all teach each other this is how we meant to support each other to grow that's powerful i love your wisdom i really i find it very accessible i find the way you speak is um very just easy to absorb it's a gift that you have there so take us home all right we talked about um the concept of energetics we talked about some steps to open yourself up and clean up some of the blockages and so to wrap this up Give us a summary that what do you think the listeners need to consider if they are going to try to be more intentional about managing their energy? Um, You want to know where you're going, which means you need to let yourself dream. So that might look like journaling, making a collage, having a conversation with somebody, or just allowing yourself to imagine. But that's kind of a must in order to manage your energy. Um, another piece I would say is look for what's in the way, like when you imagine whatever it is you want and then tune into where you are now, what's the discrepancy? What's the difference? Whatever that difference, that's the clue where you would need to be paying attention to cleaning something. Cleaning, it doesn't mean go to somebody to clean it up. It means start looking into it, start working with it. And the more you are conscious about your broadcast, that's the managing of the energy part, the more you are able to create what you actually desire. So it's a relationship with the universe, which means um, that instead of thinking like, well, how do I know what I need to clean up? That's not a correct question. The correct question is, what do I want? What do I have? What's the difference in between? That's right there is your answer. That's what you need to clean up because the reason that you don't have what you want is because of whatever this thing that's in the way, that's discrepancy from where you are now. So instead of looking to clean up some things that you think you might need to and digging in and whatever, which is really ineffective and inefficient, then universe is a very efficient place. So it will literally show you 
Like you want to go there, let's say within a year, great, this is the thing. So yes. now you will just need to focus on that one thing. You might have 20 other issues, but they would be irrelevant at that moment. So yeah. the more you do that, the more you manage your energetic broadcast. And that also means little side note, what I was saying about periods of darkness before is that when you go into emotionally dark places, take a flashlight, take your soul, take the observer. Don't just go down with the wave. Then you take it as, well, that's normal. Like, okay, I'm just, I'm on my journey and I'm going through a cave right now. That's expected. And if something, it actually means I'm coming to a really bright light soon. Yes. Oh, that's powerful. I love it. And I, I hope any of my entrepreneurial listeners just now heard you talking. I mean, like spoken as a true businesswoman talking about gap analysis, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> what's the delta? What's the change? I want to grow, I, you know, I, I just think about sitting around that conference table uh, uh, in my professional life. And, you know, we talked about that all the time. That's how businesses grow. They look at the gap between where you are, where you want to be, and then they break it down into manageable steps. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's refreshing that that same process works for your own personal development. It exactly. really is simple, it's manageable, it's accessible, um, and it, it, it it's it's motivating. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, if our are. listeners wanted to learn more about your expertise and the, the depth of your offerings, or maybe they wanted to email you some questions, how can they get in touch with you and learn more about you? Well, there are two sort of directions in how I work. One is for non-entrepreneurs. This is pure consciousness direction. I have a group called Transcension Gate, and that is where I teach this transcension method, which is what you and I were just talking about. So if you are on a journey, you're just starting, or you're midway, or maybe you're already really spiritually mature person and you want to deepen in, um, right now I'm teaching quantum evolution within Transcension Gate, so you're definitely welcome to join us. Um, that's one of the programs I have, and you can find it on my website, which is transcensiongate.com. Okay. So um, that would be the non-entrepreneurial direction for just personal development. If you are an entrepreneur, I work with spiritual coaches, healers, personal transformation experts. So not product-based businesses, but the people who are creating something from their essence, that this is like you're a teacher at heart, or you're a natural nurturer and supporter in heart, or you're somebody who's a visionary and a leader, and you know you're meant to change human consciousness. Those are the people that I help create businesses that they can actually save themselves years of pressure and forcing themselves into things that kind of like rigid masculine out their business strategies, but instead take from that structure what is needed and align it to their natural way, to their soul design. And then from that place, create their business in a way that feels good. So they actually mm. living their soul work, but yes. they also well financially resourced for doing it. They're getting yes. paid for doing it. So that's what I do. So now, as far as like where you can find me, obviously on the Facebook, you can look at Eugenia Oganova and that's from there. You can go anywhere. I have a business page, which is Eugenia Oganova Soul Strategy. And I have a free Facebook group, which is um, High Ticket Clients Energetics for Spiritual Coaches. So okay. that's where for free, you can find me and ask me questions and all of that. And as I said, my website, which is transcensiongate.com. And for the entrepreneurial direction, it's soulstrategywebinar.com. 
So okay. strategywebinar.com will get you to literally a free training where all these things that we were just talking about, but in application to business, I can show you more. Um, it's how spiritual and conscious coaches get to sustainable 10K months from doing their sole work and find high ticket clients that are paying them more than 5,000 for their offers. So they're well-resourced and they feel good doing it. It's yeah. a conscious model of coaching, essentially. So that's what the Soul Strategy webinar is for. So depending who you are as the listener, if you're not an entrepreneur and you want more conscious, then transcensiongate.com. If you are an entrepreneur and you're looking for getting money for your soul work, but doing it in a really aligned way, soulstrategywebinar.com. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that. Eugenia, I want to just uh, just show you my appreciation for coming onto the show, sharing your lifetime of experience, the wisdom you've picked up along the way. Uh, I felt nourished by it. I imagine the listeners will feel nourished by it. So just thank you so much. Oh, you are very welcome. I'm so very glad to be here and share this with your audience. Everyone, Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Refractive. Have a wonderful day and aim your light. Take care. You've been listening to Refractive Podcast, and this is Johnny G. If you found today's content uplifting, if you think it might make somebody's day better, give it a share on social media, click like, subscribe. All those things help to expand this podcast's availability to new audiences. I'm a speaker, a coach, and a facilitator based out of Washington, D.C., but I travel a lot. If you think I can be of service to you or to your organization, help people get unstuck or move into their authentic power, shoot me an email. My email address is refractivepodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Thanks for listening and aim your light.